welcome to the Channel V6 Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Johnson. The Channel V6 Podcast covers all the unique and diverse topics that matter most to you, the Uinta Basin resident. Subscribe to listen to in-depth conversations about the local issues that affect us all. On today's show, we have Robin Hatch, Prevention Coordinator at Northeastern Counseling Center, and Rick Robbins, Co-Chair American Foundation for Suicide Prevention on the Utah Chapter Board. Welcome, you guys, to this podcast. Thank you, Brandon. I mean, it's it's a topic, you know, suicide, suicide awareness, um, kind of a topic that we feel is important to address. Um, it's kind of a, a difficult topic to talk about sometimes. And I think there's a sense of taboo around the topic of suicide and suicide awareness. And I know that, you know, we kind of felt at, um, you know, the Channel V6, that this would be a good platform to kind of really dive into the different avenues of suicide, suicide awareness that we don't necessarily get from other media platforms. Having been in radio before, I know that we've talked and you kind of have those constraints, but it's, it's still good to bring that awareness out. But with this avenue, we can kind of really get into the nitty gritty of suicide and suicide awareness and our role in how we can, you know, help and, and do our parts. So exactly. Rick, I wanted to kind of start by asking you, like, if you don't mind, how did you get involved? How did you kind of come to this point? Uh, suicides affected my family since I was probably nine. I lost an uncle. 16, I lost a cousin, and he was like a brother, a friend. And then just as it growing up, you lose friends and you lose family. And nobody was talking about how they died and why they died. And in 2012, June 20th, we lost our son, David to suicide and we didn't have anybody to talk to. Uh, we went to a counselor and the lady says, you know, Rick, uh, with your experience, you, you know more about this than I do. So it was kind of put me on my pockets and I'm like, well, we got to have a conversation about depression and anxiety and, and suicide is a byproduct of that. So, uh, I reached out to my cousin, he lived in St. George and they had just attended an AFSP out of the darkness walk to fight suicide. And he says, Rick, you need to call this young lady. She can help you. So I reached out, and the first two things she said is, you need to come to Salt Lake and give us a hug. We need to give you a hug. And I'm like, wow, they, they understand. Because in that grief and in that moment, you think you're all alone. And really, you're not. And like I said, with the Out of Darkness Walk, we wear a colored bead, so white would be a loss of a child. And mm -hmm. this woman squoze the guts out of me at the first walk I attended in 2013 at Sugar House Park in Salt Lake. And then I noticed that she had lost a daughter. So our grief was the same. So we kind of understood what each of us are going through. So that's how kind of I got started. I got some knowledge and I got some answers. And, and then I just wanted to save a dad that didn't have to go through that with the loss of a son or a daughter. So that's why I'm sitting here with you today to have that conversation to let people know that it's okay not to be okay and if you're struggling with depression and anxiety uh talk to somebody and, and the awareness factor comes in that i'm trained to see the signs so we want everybody in that community it takes a village to raise a child 100 percent. so if we were all are in the know so to speak then we can help each other and to understand that and I'm so grateful you came aboard today because I think we're going to really kind of dive into this. And we've got a lot of great questions, a lot of great 
information, I think, to share. Robin, how, you know, how did you kind of get involved in this, in this aspect? Well, I've actually worked for Northeastern Counseling Center for mm -hmm. July 1st, it'll be 23 years. Ooh. And yes. I've been taking the prevention coordinator position for about the last 14 years. So they've added prevention or suicide prevention to our scope of work. And we've just kind of dove in, found some great community partners. Um, Rick is one of our partners for our coalition. So we sought Rick out too. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about suicide. It's not an easy subject matter. We've already discussed that, but why do you feel like we as a society and a community should have a deeper understanding and awareness of it? Like what is, what is our role? You kind of said it takes a village. So what is our role? What is my role? What is Kobe's role? What is anybody's role in the community with suicide and suicide awareness? Uh, well, for one, you need to, you, you want to, you, you want to be able to talk about it. So get some knowledge and understand that. And then all of us want our children to be safe. And then there's those of us that have grandchildren. So we want to look after those. So if somebody's quiet or over robust, maybe, or, you know, everybody says, hey, how you doing? And they keep on talking. They don't really listen. So when you ask that question, hey, what are you, how are you doing today? Look them in the eye and let them talk and listen. So, and, and understand that, you know, in our, Society in our community today, we lost uh, the oil and gas industry is on its nose, so to speak. So we've got young men and young women out there that are struggling with finances, maybe in their marriage, maybe just just fighting depression and anxiety. How am I going to get through this? What's what's the next step for me? And uh, if we recognize that, we can just have a conversation, open it up. Hey, man, how you doing? I know you're not working. How, what what other things in your life are? Is everything okay? You know, finances and stuff. And a lot of times you don't fix it, but the more they talk about it, the better they feel. So somebody with depression and anxiety, I didn't really understand anxiety until after the loss of my son. And I'm sitting in my garage and I can't breathe. So I stand up. My dog looks at me like, hey man, what's going on? You know, she <laughs> kind of touched me and she's nudging me. And I'm like, all this air and I can't breathe. I'm like, what's going on? And then I go out in the sun. I just walk 10 feet and put my face in the sun. And with just a few seconds, I could breathe. So somebody said, that's anxiety. And what you're going through is kind of like PTSD, post-traumatic stress mm -hmm. disorder. And I was like, wow, I got a lot to learn. Yeah, I think there's a ton to learn. Yeah. I mean, we were going to dive into some of this, but we're, okay, so we do have, you know, the oil and gas industry is kind of busted right now. The whole COVID scare has got, I mean, you've got lots of people unemployed or working minimal hours and with pay cuts. And, you know, and so there's a lot of, it's, I would say reasons for the anxiety, for depression. How does the basin, where does the basin compare in the national spectrum of things in the suicide world, the numbers? Our numbers are quite a bit higher than our national rates. Um, Duchesne County is actually the highest in the state of Utah for, um, per 100,000. Um, so, so it's concerning. It's really concerning. Some of the factors that lead into this is we're rural. Um, and the stigma for getting help is a little different. You go into large cities and it's almost a status symbol to have your own therapist or your own shrink. Sure. Um, here's not, that's not the way it works here. Um, people are ashamed to ask for help. It's seen as a sign of weakness and that, that's something I think we really need to address because 
th there's ways to fix it. 80% of people who seek treatment see positive results in six to eight weeks. Um, even talking to your friend, I mean, reaching out and just having someone to listen, like, like Rick said, li really listen to you and what you're going through. Now, I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that men kind of are more susceptible to act on suicide than women. No. No? Um, women actually attempt more often attempt than, it more. than mm -hmm. males. Uh, males die by suicide. And it's because of the lethality um, of the, way, the ways they attempt and stuff. So that's one of the things we need to make sure that if you're worried about somebody, one, never leave them alone and stuff. Make sure that they're always with somebody and make sure that you remove lethal means. Um, there's not extra pills sitting around the house. Make sure the firearms or stored outside of the home, that's the best way, is just to remove them from that. And we're not, we're not anti-firearm, but there are times where people should not have access to their firearms. If they're not doing well, be their friend. We take away their car keys if they are consuming alcohol and they're attempting to drive. We won't even hesitate to take their car away. And we need to be that comfortable with intervening if we're worried about their mental health. Yeah, women in the in their circle they'll talk about it to each other so they express that uh men we yeah. don't we keep that inside mm -hmm. and we do the knee-jerk reaction we want the pain to end we find a gun and boom it's over so that's mm -hmm. why i think the the rates seem to be higher is because men are more knee-jerk and and it's lethal so that's that's and we're not the best communicators i mean no no i you know you don't find guys typically when she like she said in the rural areas that are very open to just dialogue, especially about matters of the heart or matters of the mind where you're not feeling right. And you're like, oh man, I've, you know, I'm not feeling right, but I don't, I'm not going to burden you about it. I'm not going to tell you. Cause then you'll be like, dude, this is weak. Yeah. We, we will seem weak. We'll, that's, yeah, that's, we, what, that's what, that's we're, what we're thinking, but we're, we're programmed from childhood to, to be strong, to be providers and to protect. And when we fall weak, then we feel weak and we feel inadequate. So then we don't talk. Yeah. We just close it all up. The trick is, and I'm learning this because I'm in this, the fourth leading cause of death is age 45 to 54 for men. So I'm right there and I'm talking about mental health, depression, suicide, and I don't really get touchy feely, but I could tell somebody if, you know, I could tell a total stranger, Hey man, I'm struggling. I got all this crap going on and, and I don't know how to breathe. And just by you listening is going to help me. Because you're going to say something, hey, man, what do you do for fun? You know, and then you get that cycle of thinking, that's oh, not all negative. It's more positive. So then you bring that positive side into, and then that changes your mindset a little bit. And I think that was part of the reason we wanted to do this podcast is just getting people to be comfortable dialoguing it, like talking feelings, talking death. Death is awkward to talk about anyways, let alone, mm -hmm. I think, suicide. Mm -hmm. I mean, when someone loses a family member to death or an accident, you're, it's very awkward to even talk about, let alone if someone, you know, were to take their life through suicide, that's probably even more, you almost feel like I'm not even going to. Well, look how we're programmed. We can lose a grandparent. They're old, they've had a good life, and, yeah. and we're okay with that. Um, we can lose somebody to cancer. And they have that two years or three years or four years, that struggle and that fight. And some of them win, thank goodness. Some of them don't. But we deal with that. With suicide, it's like they're here now and 
10 minutes later, they're gone. And we don't know why. So there's yeah. a lot of unanswered questions there. Uh, you know, people think it's selfish and how dare you and, and things like that. But when, when we think about the pain with the research that they're doing, it's they want the pain to go away. So whatever can alleviate, alleviate the pain, let's get rid of it. And they don't have time to talk. That so, knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. A it, lot of times. It'll step in. And then that's when the awareness part for you and I, if we have a neighbor, even if we don't know, we might see see a sign. Say, oh, I know Joe's, you know, unemployed. And maybe I'd go say hi and see what's going on. He, he doesn't look right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we all can kind of tell how we look. I look in the mirror every morning and I'm like, oh, you got this. I'm ugly, but I got this. <laughs> I hear that loud and clear. Well, one thing I'd like to add on that knee-jerk reaction is that when we have interviewed people who have made serious suicide attempts, 40% from the time they decided that's what they were going to do and they took action was 10 minutes or less. So to make sure that we don't leave them alone when they're in crisis, make sure they don't have the opportunity to obtain something to carry on with their plan. And if you're worried, all right, ask them, do you have a plan? Um, most people are relieved to be able to talk about it. It may be the hard question to get out at first, but most people are relieved that somebody is there to listen. Actually cares enough mm -hmm. to ask or- Well, when die. you say those words, are you thinking of suicide? Robin, are you thinking of suicide? It changes that whole dynamic. She's like, oh, crap, yeah, I am. I've had these thoughts. And then I would say something like, well, do you have a plan? And we just let let her talk. Uh, I love Talk Saves Lives because it's tell, ask, listen, and keep safe. For, like she said, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and it turns into a minute, then 15 minutes. And then you get that rolling in the conversation, and, and you'll find somebody on their side. Actually, they will with the research that they're doing with the attempt survivors, that the more they talk, they'll go, oh, I got an Aunt Jill, and I love talking to her. So there's your avenue for help with family. Aunt Jill. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you've, you've got somebody to help. So now your role as a, I call it a Red, Red Cross or first responder, is now relieved to Aunt Jill so that now she can step in. And my role, maybe you'd be in a week, I'd follow up. And say, hey, how are you doing? We had a conversation and I'm just checking on you. I want you to know I care. And, that, and I think that's how the awareness part steps in mm -hmm. for you and I. And yeah, I mean, that brings up a good point. You know, like maybe I think the actual physical dialogue rather than through, I mean, social media is a great platform, but it seems like we've kind of been distancing from that human connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important that we have those if you see something, actually approach them and have that physical communication, you know, person to person, human to human, and, and let them know that, hey, I'm, I'm here, not through social media, but yeah. I mean, if you have to reach out through social media, that's a better than nothing, but. It'd be tougher on social media because maybe they'll steer clear, but if you got their yeah. number or you know somebody that knows them, I'd reach out mm -hmm. say, so, hey, what's going on? So what factors um, seem to play into suicide a lot in the Tri-County area? Do like, do seasons have any impact on it? I mean, boom and bust of the oil field? Like what factors are, are you guys seeing more well, prevalent? I don't know if we have enough data down to our areas to see if seasons play in suicide, but we do know on mental health crises, um, springtime and fall seem to be the, the times of year where people struggle the most. 
Yeah, and it's not during the holidays. It's, it's not. It's they're busy. Yeah, yeah they're hmm. busy during the holidays. Yeah. They've got things to do. They've got plans. Family around. Mm -hmm. Spring, if, if someone is depressed and they start to see everybody else get out and about and enjoying the weather and they can't bring themselves to be there, I think people struggle a lot then. And we're in the suicide belt, they call it. So we yes. have high altitude. So like Utah, Nevada, Colorado, Montana, Idaho, North Dakota, and South Dakota, we're part of that. So they're, they're, in the research, they're finding maybe that the thin air isn't good or mm -hmm. the, the weather isn't good. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. with somebody that struggles with depression and you have an inversion that lasts 40 days, mm, that's yeah. pretty rough. Yeah. But they say, go outside in the cold, feel the cold. I always like the term, be where your feet are, be present where your feet are. And that tells me that if I'm aware of where my feet are, I'm aware of my surroundings. So I don't get lost in that fog of depression. And it makes it just a little easier to breathe. So it helps with anxiety too. It, it's, it's such an interesting topic. And I, I, everyone, I mean, I, I've lost some close family members and, and friends to suicide. And I think everyone's been affected by suicide, at least that I know of it on some level. So is there like numbers about that? Like how many people... If like if I know of someone that's suicide, is it like what's what are the numbers? Oh, if you, if they say one loss to suicide, it affects two hundred and fifty people, whether it's family, friends, or 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 just acquaintances or strangers, that that person has touched in their life. So that's amazing. You're you're affected th almost three hundred people. That's a lot of loss. Death. Yeah, mm -hmm. with one loss, and then that's a lot of people suffering. Yeah, usually quietly, quietly internally. suffering, and maybe they have thoughts now. That, okay, I lost my friend. To suicide, I have those same thoughts, and nobody's talking about this. So how how can I get help if I'm the one struggling in that family of three hundred? And I, and I also know that like suicide, I brought this up at the beginning, is almost taboo. And I've heard this in this community that they don't want to talk about suicide because it it plants the seed of suicide in the young people's minds. And and that's I don't find that to be necessarily accurate, but. It, I think it just, it stems to that it's difficult. People don't want to talk about it, you know, just like abuse, drug addiction, other things. It's kind of a, a difficult topic. You think of drugs, sex, and rock and roll. We can talk about sex with our teenagers and one another. We can talk about drugs. Why not mental health? Why can't we bring that to the table and say, hey, how, how was your mental health today? Did you smile? You know, what brought you down? Did you see, you know, what was the negative in your day maybe? And, and bring that out with your, your kids or even your, your neighbors. It's, I think it's scary. I mean, my eight-year-old asked me a few months ago, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this topic is my, I have an eight-year-old. And she asked, what is suicide? My friend's talking about suicide. And I was blown away. Her friend is 10. And I was like, this is scary. See there, you're, you're, the teenagers are talking about it. Mom and dad aren't. So we need to get moms and dads more involved with the mental health conversation. Your, your kids are talking about it. Yeah, it's wild. And they're not going to bring it home unless they feel comfortable around mom and dad to talk about suicide. And we're very open. Right. So yeah. and, and one of the things we want to make sure is that if a kid does come home and say something like that, that the parent that they talk to knows what to do, where to go, and doesn't leave that kid sitting at their house with nobody else knowing about it. Because that person has reached out to somebody. Yeah. And we just need to make sure that Everyone knows how to access help. So for your child to come to you and state that, that's huge. That's huge. They need to make sure that they're listened to it. 
um, that they're validated when, when they do come forward. I think if you have, okay, so let's take it from a family. So let's say my daughter wasn't asking, but maybe was feeling suicidal or had some thoughts. How, what signs are there as a parent, as a friend? What, hmm. what are some of the telltale signs? What are we should looking for? What should we be kind of eyeballing? I, I say changes. Um, it can look different on everybody, but look for changes. You know your child better than anyone. If all of a sudden they're not participating in things that they really enjoyed, that's a warning sign. Um, whether that's be depression or suicide, substance use, but changes, drastic changes. If someone gives up something, say your kid no longer likes to play t-ball, that activity should be replaced with something else. If they're giving up their, their things that they've enjoyed and they aren't replacing them with new things, that, that's a, that to me, that's a warning sign to dig in and find out why. Yeah, character changers, I would say. Is a, that's mm -hmm. a great one, Robin. Yeah. And don't just brush it off as they're being no. a teenager or a moody teenager right. or something. Well, but. well and, that, and that gets a little tricky because some of the warning signs are also normal teenage signs. Um, but when they're too extreme, um, really check and, and ask them. I mean, if you're thinking, wow, that seems a little off, don't wonder, just ask. Just outright ask. That's all the trainings, the gatekeeper trainings, the crisis intervention trainings that we offer. And we do have a lot of resources in our area. All of them state just ask. Get comfortable with just asking. Are you thinking of suicide? So are That's you what thinking you need of to suicide? Ask. And then such a, I, I guess it's easier said than done. I, I maybe not. It's just a. <laughs> That's, that would be hard to, I think, ask somebody, in, at least for me. But, I, I, and the know. first few times you say it is pretty uncomfortable. But practice this. In fact, some of our gatekeeper trainings, we practice saying those words. I said in a training, <clears throat> excuse me, I said in a training with clinicians, nurses, doctors, and there was five lay people in the class. There was probably 40 of us. And they're going around the room saying, we need to ask this question. Ask, are you thinking of suicide? I could say it. It was a little, it was a struggle, but I could say it in our role-playing activity. It come to the nurse. She couldn't say it. Are you wanting to hurt yourself? I don't get it. You can sidestep that. Well, no, I'm not going to hurt myself. But if you pinpoint it, are you thinking of suicide? Man, you got me. And they have, yeah, they'll say, yeah, I, I am. So just flat out just ask. Flat, flat out, out ask. ask. Yeah. And if you're asking an adult and you might think it infringes on their rights, I'd ask them, say, hey man, are you thinking of suicide? Nine times out of 10, hopefully they'll say, no, I'm just having a rough, rough day, but which is good. At least it opens that dialogue. Yeah, hey, well, least. no, I'm not thinking of suicide. I'm just have a rough patch in my life right now. But Yeah, exactly. But maybe, maybe, yeah, I, I'm, I've been thinking about that for a couple of days now. And then what do you do if they say yes? Where do you go? Like, okay, well, you ask and they say yes. Say well, you're brave enough to ask. Well, and one of the things when you ask, you want to make sure that you're open to any response. It's like, exactly. you're not thinking of suicide, are you? That's not how you want to ask. You know? <laughs> I mean, because you're kind of wanting them to say, yeah. but just flat ask and then don't be shocked. Yeah. Just say, well, we need to get through this. What, what can I do to help? What do we need to do? Um, how about we call the suicide prevention number together? Um, yeah, let's call 1-800-273-8255. Let's get some information here. Absolutely. Let's see what we need to do. Yeah. 
or text seven four one seven four one talk. Right. And our kids have the Safe for Utah app on right. their phone. We're, we're encouraging them yeah. all to have that phone where they can text, and within two minutes, they've got a professional that they're mm. conversing with via text. And it might just be something simple. Okay, you're thinking of suicide. You know, what are you thinking about? What brought you to this state of mind? And, and they'll open up and say, well, and then you get to the point of the conversation, you want to turn it positive. What do you like to do before you, before this minute happened? And, and open that up. And they, they'll basically talk themselves, uh, hey, I want to live. I don't want to die. I got this pain in my in my chest or I got this nagging headache or something. That's They're, they're going to voice to you where their pain is. And then you want to say, okay, on a scale from one to five, one being minimal, five being the worst, how bad's your pain? Let them talk. Listen. Listen. Yeah, we got two ears. Yeah, let's let's listen to what they have to say. All we have to do is do the nudging part. And if they're ready and, and they're thinking about suicide and, and taking their life, yeah, they're wanting to talk. They're wanting to tell somebody, hey, I'm struggling and I need help or I'm, I'm leaving. So what are some of the maybe common phrases or some things that people will say in a roundabout way? You know, like maybe the world would be better off without me. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm worthless. Yeah, you hear that. So is that when you should be kind of more proactive and jumping in there mm-hmm. and just being blunt? Like, hey, are you yeah. thinking Absolutely. of suicide? Yeah. Just, just, just outright ask. Yeah. Say, hey, what brought that thought on? You know, why do you feel worthless? What's happening in your day? Because I mean, you hear, I mean, you hear that every now and then, and you're kind of like, you know, our minds you're just are, having a bad day. Yeah, and just our minds brush are it off. Our minds are amazing tools. They're they're great for knowledge, but yet they it'll lie to you. It'll tell you, man, you're not worthless. Rick, you're worthless. You don't know this. You don't know nothing. Man, I just step away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we've all had those thoughts. I was told in high school I was a minority. It's the only reason I was on the baseball team, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, man, you're a minority. And I go, we're both white. <laughs> he goes, no, you have red hair. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I said, I was in that state of mind. Of, no, I'm better than you. I've read and it. you know it. <laughs> so he was trying to bring me down and maybe not play as well. To, to one up on you. Yeah. So, you know, our kids, they're, they're struggling with peer pressure, with bullying and all, all the stuff that's going on today. And adults do the same thing. I was about to say, it doesn't end in high school. It doesn't end no. in school. Like you get, there's, there's, there's pe- mean people. And I think there needs to be a ba- better as a community, as a, as a world kind of yeah. just trying to help each other. You're never going to get away from that. But yeah. I think it's important that if we see someone struggling to not just be like, I'm not to just side skirt that. That's their problem. I don't need their bad juju in my life. I'm just <laughs> kind of be like, hey, yeah. I think that's even for me talking right now, it's kind of like, could I really ask someone like that's going to be if I ever find myself in a situation, that's going to be a big step. Like yeah. that's a big I'm not going to lie to you. That's gonna be kind we'll of a, sell Be The Voice shirts at our walks. And we say, hey, when you put that on, be ready to have the conversation. Because somebody's going to ask you, what does that mean, Be The Voice? Or even this little lifesaver. Looks like a poker chip, right? Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> so hope. when I wear the Hope shirt, I'm ready to have a conversation about mental health. Suicide. Let's talk about it. You know, there's hope. People don't want to die. They want to live. Let's let's figure out the li- the living part. Right. And one of the other things is you said that it's really hard. There are a lot of resources that actually help people get to that point. Um, Rick, you've mentioned Safe Talk. We've got QPR, which is Question, Persuade, and Respond. We've got Mental Health First Aid. We've got Youth Mental Health First Aid. 
And all of these resources are available at the community at no charge to any participant. So, I mean, get, if, if you're concerned about a church group, uh, any group, any group, scouting group, um, bring them in. Contact Ava Rucker or myself, and we'll make sure that they get the appropriate trainings and, co and come to you. And stuff. We can get this training out. We can get people prepared. And that's really what we need with, with us being so rural. It's sometimes help isn't right there and it's close. Um, we've got areas in our Tri-County area that it could be an hour drive to get to professional help. And what we need to do is we need to get people in this community comfortable with being okay, taking care of that person until the professionals could get there if need be. And, exactly. and I've heard that the, the actual agricultural farming industry has seen an increase in suicide. Mm -hmm. and, and that, they're, they're alone. They're, they're farming. And it's a, it's a tough job. It, I think it's be harder than being a roughneck on a rig. I really do. Because you're all alone. You're doing it yourself and, and your family. Maybe your family's involved. Maybe they're not. So you're, you're farming. You're doing the hay thing. You're selling cows. And things get pretty down. I mean, the oil and gas industry has such a, a dramatic effect on our community that it, it affects all aspects of our community. So farming, they're going to suffer. So instead of going to the store and buy beef, find your neighbor that's a farmer and maybe buy a quarter of his beef. Give him the money. Help him out a little bit. But, yeah, that our farmers are they need help. We didn't. Our prevention team um, had this idea of taking gun socks into the gun show because of the deaths related to firearms. Um for suicide deaths in our area. And we piloted this at the Duchesne County Beef Expo, the first one. And we participate in health fairs all over for different, uh, different events. And one of the things that really struck out is at, the, at this Beef Expo is that one out of five people that came to our booth stated that we were too late to their, for their family. We had not seen the concentration of those affected at those high of rates at any other health fair. And that's why we we actually started addressing this, the stigma with the farming community separately um, be, because it, it was just astonishing to us. And like I said, we've been doing these health fairs for years and we had not seen the concentration of people affected as high as we have in the farming and agriculture business. Well, and a lot of time they have that land separation. They're not like a neighbor, like in, you know, where Kobe and I mm -hmm. live, just, I can see him. I wave to him when he's out mowing or whatever. It's, there's a lot of distance. I mean, they You've got some, 20 acres. Maybe. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. There's or not mile. a neighbor for a right. while. And yeah. so you're or no like, coworker or no coworker. They have yeah. no coworkers or. Yeah. So you don't have that interaction mm -hmm. where someone's maybe seeing them day in and day out, or mm -hmm. at least weekly. And they're like, oh man, he's looking a little off or she's looking a little off. Like and, and I, I come from the Midwest, so I'm coming from farming community. They don't go to doctor's appointments. If they cut themselves, they'll fix it themselves. Um, and it's sun up till sundown. I mean, you have 16-hour days all day, every day, seven days a week sometimes. And, and they're in long stretches with no breaks. And with livestock, they're going to have penicillin. They're going to have some DMSO. They're going to have something that they can stitch themselves up with. Absolutely. And take a little shot. Hey, I'm good to go. Right. And so for them asking for help with a, 
with a mental health problem, they don't ask for help for medical problems. They don't even ask help to irrigate. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you address that? Like, what would you say to them? How do we, how do we get that awareness? How do we get that voice do, to them? Do you know, that's, um, I, th I think we hit it on the nail on the head when we did our farming commercials and we yeah, asked commercial. Dan Crozier, um, president of the Utah Cattlemen's Association to be our voice. I don't think anybody around could have gotten to the audience as well as he did. And so, and he, and he was eager to help. I mean, he's, he's been a huge partner in helping us address farmers. We also have went to the farmer's almanac. I can remember that little book sitting on my grandpa's kitchen table all year long. It stayed there until the next year came out. And we are putting the warning signs on the back cover of those. Just we want the number accessible if and when anyone needs it. Exactly. And, and with awareness, we need to be aware of our farming community. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to make that happen. And, and being a safe gun owner, um, we're, we're men in the room. How, how many of us take the bolt out of our rifle when we store it and put the bolt in a different place than the rifle? Come on. Safe gun ownership, right? If I was in a crisis, I'm going to go to my rifle, right? I open it up. Hey, where's my bolt? I got to think. It's going to change my mindset because I got to go 15 seconds to maybe 20 seconds or a minute to find my bolt. Now I've changed my mind. So just that little bit of change. That changing that impulse. The impulse, that knee-jerk reaction. I'm going to take myself out. I know how to do it. Let's do it. I mean, And you open that up and go, whoa, wait a minute. Or putting your bullets in a different place than the gun. Or the pistol, mm -hmm. running a cable through a pistol. I've never mm -hmm. thought of that till I attended the gun show with the cables for an AFSP booth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, how simple is that? Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. Yeah. Let's be smart gun owners. Okay. Let's be smart. Yeah. And I think just having these dialogues, like myself, I, I've never thought about the, the agricultural farming industry and their struggle with suicide you know it's just mm -hmm. kind of like I, that makes sense once you talk about it once it's addressed and kind of thrown out there so mm -hmm. let's let's change the course real quick and let's talk about people who maybe are grieving they've been affected they are in the process of they've lost somebody what help is there for the grieving family and friends that's where you uh <clears throat> hopefully have the knowledge to uh reach out um, I reached out to a counselor, found out that there wasn't any. Today, we have amazing counselors. Now, for us to reach out, that's going to be the tougher part because now you want to involve your wife and your if your children, if you've lost a child or maybe you lost a mom. I need to talk to somebody or a dad or an uncle. You know, let's, let's talk. Best friend. Best friend, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we all, we all lose friends and we're like, man, he knew my story. What happened? You know, where, where was the break? Where was that snap? Well, yeah, I think I, I lost a friend and I, I, I internalized it. I was like, man, I didn't see it. Like, was there something I should have seen? Was there, you know, you just, sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're exactly right. Cause after the death, you think, what if, what, what should have, yeah. could have, what should have, could have, would have done. Yeah. You know, and then you get some training and you go, man, I blew it. I lost, I didn't see it. So now that you're trained, you can see it. Now you got to just be aware of your surroundings and those around you. So can anyone so, get training? You bet. Where Just, do we get training? You, you're welcome to call <laughs> Northeastern <laughs> Counseling. Ask for myself. Um, Rick, Rick provides training. We provide mental health first aid. 
Um, we've got Jeremy Tubbs at the health department that does question, persuade, and respond. She does an you excellent do, job. You do talk safe, saves lives. Yeah. Talk saves lives. So yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of resources. Just ask. Just ask. That's what we. Um, to date, we've trained about 1,100 people in mental health first aid in our tri-county area. Um, we need to like grenade that number. We need to just explode that number. So it's kind of like, yeah, like school PTAs. You need to mm-hmm. like have parent nights where they can come and, and learn, you know, and Absolutely. have at least one parent attend so the other parent can kind of come home and be like, hey, this is what we need to kind of look for. This is what we need mm-hmm. to dialogue. This is kind of what we need to address. And You know, church like with, groups the, and, with the school, they have these fairs or they did before the pandemic hit. So you'd set up a booth and the, I was invited. So you put your information out there. You wear a Hope shirt kids come up hey I don't, I don't get this you know you got this cool looking bracelet it says out of the darkness what does that mean i says well where's your mom where's your dad let's have a conversation together so mom comes over you talk about mental health and depression and the byproduct of suicide so now their son's wearing a out of darkness bracelet that's just cool. kind of cool yeah it's cool because now he's aware and his friends know and then the hope squad's there with their shirt so hey there's help there's friends there's people yeah there's it's tangible help. yeah it's tangible you got your hands on something now which is it's a, not just this ghost in the darkness, this exactly scary, untalked about thing that's right. taboo. And yeah. we encourage the kids to get the Safe for Utah app on their phone. Mm-hmm. I encourage all adults to have the suicide prevention number in their phone. Um, you don't know when you're going to need it. It's true. But if you ever do, it's, it's just, there. it's right in your contacts. If Everybody's you got phone, one more one room for one more contact. Yeah. Phone. Text talk 741741 and look at the response you're going to get i mean just try it it's it's within seconds it's amazing so you got somebody sitting well, kobe's there. got his phone over there we're gonna yeah. we're gonna test him out <laughs> over here and it's like the 1-800 number you call that you're thinking it's going to new york or australia or somewhere when you dial that number and you're in the state of utah somebody in salt lake city is going to pick that up they're mm-hmm. trained they're a professional in psychiatric help and mental health they got they got the answers they're going to help you because they're there to save a life. That's what we're all about, just to save a life. If we save one life, I think we're successful. Right. If, if we, you, you think about some stats, 49% of those who die by suicide see a physical, see a, or see a physician. They go to a doctor the month prior to their death. They know we're, something's off. Yeah, we're, we're missing something because they go, they visit, and nobody caught. 39% of those go see a mental health professional the month prior to their death. So our mental health professionals, there's a gap there. It's either with the conversation or just asking, hey, I'm struggling. I'm thinking of suicide. Somebody asked me if I'm thinking of suicide. That's why you go see a therapist. Be bold. Be bold. And and one of the good things that's happened out of this talk and and the research done is that you go to the doctor now, you're going to be asked these questions. They're actually doing suicide prevention screenings when you go to your medical doctors now. I hurt so, my thumb in October and last they'll ask year. You. And they mm-hmm. said, are you going to hurt yourself? And I'm like, I already dude, did. I already did. <laughs> and she goes, well, do you want to hurt somebody else? And I go, yeah, the bozo that hit me with the ball. <laughs> and she laughed. And I says, how about if we change that one question? Instead of mm-hmm. I'm going to hurt myself, are you thinking of suicide? Mm-hmm. It changes that whole dynamic. It's direct shot. Because now it? you can't say, well, I'm already hurt. Joke, not, side stare it and joke yeah. about it. Let's let's ask the question. Are you thinking of suicide? Right there in the 10 minutes that that nurse has you, they're going to flag you. I, I was actually impressed at the last doctor's 
appointment I went with with somebody that they're just directly asking these questions. And that's huge. That's that's a that's good a sign to see that. You know, with AFSP, we've targeted firearm safety. We've targeted uh, mental health so or, or the ER, emergency departments. We've targeted those. We've targeted uh, correctional facilities. So if we can stop the 39% that go see a physician or a mental health professional, how many lives do we save with that 39%? Mm-hmm. One one hundred thousand people, and we lose fourteen. Is that the mm-hmm. national average? That's the national average. So yes. if we could save fourteen lives, or even half that, seven. Uh, Utah lost six hundred and sixty-three lives last year. Mm-hmm. So fifty percent of those are by firearm. So if we're smart with our firearms, we already mm-hmm. saved half of that number. Mm-hmm. So now we're down to three, and we know three hundred of them. We know that one hundred fifty of them went to see a, a doctor, and if we could save that forty-nine percent. That's big. FSP has a bold goal to reduce suicide by 20% by 2025. And I think these areas are are key areas. And we can save a life. I do believe it'll bring the... Actually, Utah went from fourth to fifth. Now we're in the sixth nationally ranked. That's a good trend. I mean, we're trending the right direction. It's weird to say that, but... And we're saying we're we're doing it because of the, the classes we're offering with Talk Saves Lives, QPR, those kind of things. We're, we're letting our communities know, hey, there's help. Let's talk mm-hmm. about this. So with the trainings that you do, you're, you're opening eyes to maybe 20 people in the room, but they're going to go home and talk about it because now they got some information. They got Maybe they feel bold enough and, and the courage to have that conversation. Knowledge is power. Oh, it is. And when you have that, I am comfortable or I feel at least... I have that base. I'm not going to be so scared or timid to just reach out and touch it. It's not some scary thing. It's just, I need to be prepared to listen. Yeah. I need to be prepared to ask yeah. and listen. So when you go attend one of these classes and you put on a hope shirt or you put on a be the voice shirt or you wear something that says QPR or red cross, somebody's going to go, Hey, I know you're a safe person I can talk to. Cause now we've raised awareness that there's some of us in the community that can have that tough conversation. Which is awesome. Yeah, you did. You text the number. I did. And what was the uh, what was the response? Uh, I got a link and I'm texting with someone right now. It says if I text them back, I agree to the terms. So. That's that was quick. It's I mean, quick. Well, we just had that dialogue. Yeah. I mean, and he probably had that sooner than we got done talking too. Oh, exactly. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> five seconds. So. so see, there's there. We're, we're, hopefully, those that'll see this podcast will go, "Hey, I can text that," and there's somebody there. Like, and it's someone, someone, someone. Yeah, or I can call that 1-800-273-8255 and there's somebody in Utah yeah. that I can talk to. And not only is it someone, it's a professional. professional. They know what to do. They know the questions to ask. And it, you don't even have to be the person in crisis. You could be the person not knowing how to address it and they will help you. See, your eight-year-old comes home and, and mentions suicide with your with the neighbor. You can call that 800 number and say, hey, my daughter just come home and mentioned that she has a friend that's talking about suicide. How can I have that conversation with her parents? And they'll 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 help you out. They'll give you the dialogue. You can actually go to the to their home with them on the phone, and they'll tell you how to have that conversation. And then they're going to ask to talk to the girl. That's the amazing part with the with the crisis line. They're actually there to help and save a life. That's amazing. Wouldn't it be cool to hear somebody's story and their struggle with mental health, depression, anxiety, than to listen to their eulogy after? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather sit mm-hmm. with you and for 20, 30 minutes or two hours or four hours and listen to your story and to help you out and find you help 
than going to listen to a eulogy. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. But that's, that's a fact. Well, I think, you know, you, I think you, being a human being, you almost have that responsibility of just being that person. Sometimes I remember mm-hmm. when I was in broadcasting, the, the, the you know, my co-host in the morning show, Charlie, he got a call from someone that was suicidal and he would spend hours. I mean, he off the air, I took over the morning show. He went in the other room and talked to the person for hours. Mm-hmm. It was like two hours. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. But that was his, that was his duty. It's his role. Yeah. And he didn't have to do that. Yeah. But he did. That's amazing. And the guy's still around. Yeah. You know, with AFSP, you can become an advocate. So you're going to get a letter from AFSP national with the laws that Utah's trying to do. And you read it. If you agree to it, you push send, and it goes to our representatives in Utah. Say, hey, I'm supporting this bill. I've been affected by suicide. And it's it takes you 15 minutes or 15 seconds. It's not very long. It's less than a minute to be an advocate for mental health. And how do you do that again? Just Yeah, go to afsp.org forward slash advocacy. Boom, you're right there. You're right there. Just fill it out and hit yeah. send. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about local events, local programs. I mean, when you do the out of the darkness walk, um, we have some campaigns through, you know, Northeastern counseling. What, let's talk to us about the, you know, out of the darkness walk. What is that? Why? You know, yeah. you think of the walk, it's amazing because it's called the out of the darkness walk to fight suicide. So you're bringing a stigma into the light. You're bringing depression, anxiety into the light, out of the darkness. So we're here to help. We're here to, it's a support. I, I call it a support group. It's, it's a healing and it's amazing because the people that you see, they're not from last year's walk. They're brand new. So they're brand new to suicide. They're brand new to a loss and they can get resources and they realize I'm not alone. I actually, there's somebody in my community that understands how I feel. So comparing it like to cancer's relay for life, would that be kind of what you, this is a basically awareness. Let's talk, let's have this community support. They we're a family that's going through this or we're at least all here together. Oh, exactly. Yeah. We relay for life is awesome with cancer and the cancer research and yeah. the funds they raise. And, and we raise funds for the American foundation for suicide prevention. And half those funds stay in our basin for talk saves lives for material to have a booth, to, to have a conversation. Let's talk. And hopefully with the volunteers that we're bringing in that we had last year, we can get them trained. They can have a conversation. And they're people in our community. They want us to mirror our communities and and what we can offer to our communities. So like with schools, we have more than sad video that we can offer hopefully before a crisis and get, get that knowledge in the schools. So we're just basically a vehicle of information and to be able to train and to talk about the tough things and, and to bring that stigma to the light and say, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to, if all you do today is brush your teeth and eat a bowl of cereal, that's a success. Mm-hmm. And if it, if you had to read something to get there, awesome. Awesome. Well, so, I think I love the basin for that. For that reason is we have that sense of community still where you don't get that in the bigger cities mm-hmm. coming from the big metropolises and stuff. Oh, exactly. That was one of the reasons I fell in love with the basin you, you know, I'm a husky guy and I'd be walking down the street trying to exercise and you have five people stop you and be like, Hey man, you need a lift. And you're like, <laughs> I appreciate that, but I'm trying to work out, but you know, you don't get that other places. And here you have that sense of family, you have that sense of community. And so I think raising this awareness and bringing people and letting them know about these events, the out of the work, out of the darkness walk. When is that? It'll be September 19th. If the COVID and everything 
releases and we can do that. We're hoping we got our fingers crossed. If not, we can do a virtual virtual walk. So you can go on to AFSP.org and do the forward slash Vernal or Salt Lake and you'll get to see the walk on on your computer or on your phone. So if people wanna, you know, come aboard and volunteer, they wanna donate to how do they do that? They just get a hold of you, do they get a hold of like how do we do this? Go to AFSP.org forward slash Vernal. And it goes right to the walk page and it's amazing. It's got all, you can, you can make a donation with your credit card and it's, it shows 15 minutes after you're done. That is awesome. And it's safe. I mean, there, nobody's there trying to steal your stuff. If you send a check, it's going to take almost a month because we have, remember we're a foundation and we volunteers. So we have two people that do 483 walks through the state, through the United States. Holy so they're real. busy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to take some time to show your donation. And our businesses in our community are amazing because you say, hey, you tell them just a little bit of your story and be a sponsor. Here, here you go, Rick. Here's a check. Or, yeah, hey, this, I know somebody. The basin is amazing. Yeah, our basin is amazing. It is. It really is. And so let's talk about, you know, Northeastern Counseling. Like what kind of campaigns, what, what, what services do we have? What kind of stuff are we offering to bring awareness? Yeah. Bring a, to bring awareness, well, we did do the gun show. Unfortunately, we didn't get this year. We yeah. were shut down. Um, couldn't do that event. But we, we're ready to go next year. We're go, we're got the gun socks. I don't know if you've seen the gun sock not. here. So, um, our goal is to make sure that the suicide prevention lifeline is in every home that has a firearm. Um one of the things that we chose a rifle is about 60% of firearm deaths by suicide in rural areas are with a long gun, not with a handgun. Wow. So we, we want to bring that out. Um, most people will take the pistols, hide them up, but they forget about the 22 or the shotgun. Um, so we, we, we're just increasing awareness, letting people know we're going for the farmers. We're trying to hit this uh, hard-to-reach uh population we've got some little items that we're going to try and hit some of these car shows that are coming up where we've got ammo boxes that we're going to be putting the lifeline like you said storing the ammunition in a separate spot we're going to start addressing that and just having those talks um, one of the things that people worry about is when we're talking about firearm deaths by suicide they're worried that we're we're going to go after the firearms um, one of the unique things at the the gun show is the three out of the four people behind the booth were concealed permit holders. Um, that is not our goal. So we're, we're ready to have those talks. And we were very well received by the firearm community. Um, safety's okay. Um, there's nobody that's going to argue with the safety. Uh, and again, we're just trying to get the number out. We, we want these conversations. I've been sitting watching you guys talk that's we need all males to be able to talk about this and have these talks um it's huge i i think rick's been a real big asset to our our community with just being so willing to have these talks so yeah. um we've got some a couple other ads that we're working on going to hit the social media um hopefully we'll have them done soon uh we've been really fortunate in the quality of our ads we're we're liking it we're we're just going to hit it. Um, we have a prevention advisory coalition that meets, well, until last couple of months. <laughs> we meet uh, the last Tuesday of every month, and we alternate between Roosevelt and Vernal. 
And that advisory coalition has some subgroups. Rick and I both are on the suicide prevention subgroup. So join that if you're interested in these activities, want to get out. We're always looking for new ideas and new in. Um, I go into safety meetings for oil field companies. When you're dressing fit for duty, your mental health is a requirement. I mean, you, you need your your staff and your, your workforce healthy. Um, I keep them short to the point. Um, and I, and I will be there at six o'clock in the morning. If that's when, um, unlike Rick, I, I am a paid person to do this. <laughs> um, so, so this is my job and we will, we will make these, uh, arrangements with your company. If you have safety meetings, um, we're just really open to getting, getting out and getting this, the information to the people. It, it takes one person to make a difference. So. It does. It takes one person. Mm -hmm. And the coalition is amazing because there's some key people, just community members in different areas of our Tri-County area, and it's amazing what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, you, we have drug addiction in town, um, and it affects lives. It's kind of almost like mental health. They don't feel welcome. They don't feel wanted. So they might use. So we're losing people that way, and it, it coincides with mental health just like this. It's just like a, a hand in a glove. And we have people that sit on that coalition that talk about that and can have that conversation. If you have somebody that struggles with addiction, uh, yeah, talk, tell, ask, listen, keep safe. It'll work for them too because they just want to feel accepted and loved with the addiction. And I think that will help them through that. I really do. I think it's all anyone wants is to feel and, and we loved have, and like welcomed and yeah. listened to. And you know, and we have the LGBTQ community they're on the outside. They don't feel welcome and loved or accepted. So we need to incorporate them in this conversation. You know, we have those young men and women in our valleys that live that life. And they don't, they don't come out like they do in the big metropolis where you have a community and support and help. They're, they're here all by themselves and it's got to be tough. And we want them to know it's okay. God still loves you. Well, I think it... I think the reason we wanted to do this podcast is because the Tri-County area is a different entity. It's a, it's its own, it's, it's its own, own thing. Yeah, yeah. It's its own, we're our own kind of we're own ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. It's different yeah. out here and it's, it really is. People don't talk. They don't have access to a lot of things. And you know, with, with Northeast counseling and Tri-County health, we, we have some of that. We have health, you know, and we tell people to go see somebody, right? A lot of the therapists, in Salt Lake and in here, they don't have mental health in their forte. They, they can't have that conversation of suicide. So we're telling people to go see a therapist when maybe just talking is better. We're actually finding that in the research with AFSP that they do. Just a, just a conversation like we're doing right here is actually better than paying somebody to, to tell you that, yeah, you're, you know, you're sick. You need medicine. They're going to push a pill and the pill might not help. We're actually listening. Um, I co-chair with a, with a lady, and she's amazing. Her family struggles with uh, mental health issues. She hasn't lost to attempt or a, a survivor of suicide. She just, her family struggles. So with the information that we offer, actually has saved her life, saved her family's life. And she's amazing. She's a co-chair of our Utah chapter. And she hasn't lost, but she struggles. Her family struggles. So just that information right there. Knowing her story gives me strength. I'm like, yeah, there's people out there that can relate to, to, to her. She's amazing. So well, 
I think there's, you know, like you know, she said, uh, men are different, especially in the Tri-County area. You have a lot of like what I would say macho or the manly, the rough, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. where they're just brought up different. They're you, just like, I can't talk feelings. I don't, oof, like. You know, you talked about people that are grieving of the loss. Um, a mom and a dad grieve differently. A mom grieves deeper. She's more caring. She's more tender. A man, we're kind of rough. I call myself scabbed over because <laughs> I'm a guy and I have to protect myself. When in reality, I don't have to. And I don't talk to my wife about how I feel. So we just call it, I'm having a FUD day. That was our son's <laughs> nickname. So she, we, we've kind of that, communicated that to one another. But to tell the neighbor, Rick's having a FUD day, they don't understand. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, we got to have a conversation. Yeah. And they actually come to the walk. They, they haven't been, they've lost people. So they come to support us. I was like, wow, they don't even know me. And they're here to support. So... Tell your story a little bit and people will accept and, and help. They actually keep an eye on us. <laughs> I know a lot of people, I hope they watch and, and listen to this that have lost friends or that lost sons and daughters and stuff to suicide. So I'm hoping that they can realize that there are there are avenues, there are those outreaching hands and people that will listen. And hopefully, you know, we all as a community will oh, exactly. take upon us that that cape and that mantle and kind of be bold. I think if I've learned anything from this conversation, it's just like, be bold. Just ask if someone's having that off day. Gain, just gain, p- gain a little knowledge and be bold. I yeah. mean, you're bold in your job. We're bold in our jobs, aren't we? We're knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. We, we can do our job. It's just like a job. I mean, you get some knowledge and you, and you have the desire to save a life. There, that's easy. And to have a conversation, yeah, it's tough. And you're going to hear some stuff that's going to scare you. But as long as you sit there and calmly just listen, it's going to be okay. They're going to realize they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So, you know, with AFSP, we have an outreach program. You have to be two years out in your loss. But as you're vetted and you're, you can actually, what, what happens is somebody that struggles with the loss, they'll, they'll say, oh, there's an outreach program with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So they send in a little, little story of themselves or information that they want to have a conversation. And then that, let's say somebody in Utah does that. So it comes to our, comes to our area director. So Taryn would get that and she'd say, Oh, I got a guy or a mom that's lost a child. I'm going to send him to Rick. So she'll send me an email. Hey Rick, this, there's a guy that wants to have a conversation. Here's his phone number, email, you know, just let me, let me know how it goes. I actually did that. And we have to watch our triggers, but, in that conversation, he was three months out in his loss, but it helped me to visit with him about his son and to understand that that's how I felt. And it helped him understanding that, oh, somebody's walked in my shoes. I'm not alone. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he said. And he said it like 10 times. I'm not alone in this. I can mm-hmm. call. I can, there's, there's a voice on the other end of the phone. There's hope. Yeah. There's so, hope. So it helped him. Yeah, there's hope. Yeah. Anybody that's watching this, there's hope in your depression and anxiety. There's hope. And we don't want that byproduct to be suicide. We want it to, to tell your story. There's people that will listen. You're coming out of the darkness story. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're bringing this out of the darkness, like a semi truck, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) So any, before we, you know, wrap up the podcast, is there any final words, any final thoughts that you would like to, to just say and share with the, with the viewing and listening audience? You know, we have support groups. There's uh, compassionate friends in the Vernal area, and it's people that's lost a child. They went and got some knowledge and some training. 
So they hold this at the Catholic Church here in Vernal. They haven't done it since the pandemic, and it's the, I think, the second Tuesday of the month at 6.30 for moms and dads who have lost a child. We also have a suicide bereavement group that we was holding at the library, but with the pandemic and stuff, and the library closes at 6, so we haven't had that for a while. But we have those groups. There's one at Namaste for just loss. So if you've lost anybody, you can come and, and meet people that's lost people, lost loved ones. And it, it's kind of comforting to know that, hey, there's somebody that I can sit with and listen to their story, and it helps give me strength. I'm not weak if I go and let down my guard a little bit. Oh, exactly. You're not. And you don't even have to say anything just sitting there. The first group that I attended, I just sat there with my arms folded like, don't talk to me. I ain't talking. And within 20 minutes, I was like, wow, this is amazing. This guy's 15 years in his loss of his son, and he still feels the same way I do. And I'm only a year. I'll be eight years in June. Mm. And eight years ago, I said, I, will, I wouldn't be here. But we've come a long way in eight years. And it's the support of FSP and, and that family and just meeting people. And I've met so many people in the community that has lost a child. It's opened my eyes that, you know, everybody goes through something so we can't judge and yeah. don't throw rocks because you're going to get 10 of them back. And never go like this, never point because you got three fingers looking back at you. Just be kind and compassionate. Just be a friend. And I think our, if our community would be more of a friend, we wouldn't lose people. Yeah. Yeah. If we could have that conversation. Actual conversation. Yeah. Look somebody in the eye and, <laughs> and really mean, hey, how are you doing today? And they might smile at you like, whoa, he's looking me in the eye. What's going on? <laughs> and stop and wait for a response. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, people ask me and they just keep on walking. I'm like, well, they really didn't want to know. <laughs> and then those that make eye contact with, you really want to hear what's going on here? <laughs> and they might say, yeah, or no, I just ask. Yeah. <laughs> at least they'd ask, so, though. Yeah, they, you at know. least they ask. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, Robin, anything? Just little? reach out to our local resources. We, we really do have a, a lot of local resources. We have people ready to help. Um, when you see us out and about in the community, if you don't want to call a phone, if that's not your style, really just ask. Just outright ask. We'll, we'll guide you in the right direction. Thank you guys so, so much for, you know, just, this has been, I was kind of like, man, you know, I was telling the people at work, I was doing a suicide and suicide awareness podcast tonight and they were like, fun for you, man. And I'm like, this has actually been not enjoyable. It's been enjoyable. It really has. It's been enlightening. It's been, I feel like kind of like, wow, I think this is going to be a great Well, we've had a thing. little laughter. We've had a little choked in our throat, and that's okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but it's okay, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay, and I'm a guy. Yeah. <laughs> How many guys go fishing and and you never talk, never talk? Wouldn't it be cool to hey Joe? How you doing today? You know what's going on? How's the wife? How's the kids? You know, is everybody physically doing okay and mentally everybody's right awesome. or wrong? It's it's okay. Yeah. So, so one more time, give us the. Uh, the, the web address where we can kind of the AFS AFSP.org forward slash Vernal. Okay. And it takes you right to the Vernal walk, talks about resources, talks about, yeah, it's right there. And hopefully September 19th at 9 a.m. at Colton Pavilion, we'll be able to have our walk. We'll be there. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. It'll happen. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you again for, for coming on board. Just any questions, want to email in prevention 
at nccutah.org, and we'll we'll push a question off to where it needs to go. Prevention at nccutah.org. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Rick, Robin, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thank you for listening to the Channel V6 podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at podcast at channelv6.com. Thank you. Thank you.